Father, we worship you, we praise you, we magnify you. Father, we can never thank you for your grace and your goodness and your mercy and all that you've given us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we desire that that name would be lifted up in our hearts, in our lives, Father, in our midst. Father, this region you've given us to reach. And Father, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to springtime in western New York. Praise the Lord. You know what? We're we're pleasing God, aren't we? Amen. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And so, praise the Lord. And Paul said this, whatever state I find myself in, therein be content. And so, it happens to be a very snowy state here for those of you viewing all over the world in western New York. Yes, the calendar says spring, but it just didn't get the memo yet. And so we walk by faith and say spring is here, summer's on the way. So we, we welcome each and every one of you. And we're so thrilled to have visiting guests with us, uh, return guests, uh, people watching all over the world via live stream, of course. Most importantly, our church family here this morning. Uh, today is what we call First Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the month, and uh, we like to make that a little special. And so on First Sundays, what we do is we partake of communion, the Lord's table together. How precious that is, our, our covenant with the Lord. And also after the service, we have a fellowship time downstairs. A meal has been prepared, and so um, that uh, you know you can come right after the service and have lunch on us amen and so um we're going to go ahead and uh, receive of the lord's table now why do we do this well jesus told us to he said as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me Uh, some churches do it every sunday some churches only do it maybe once or twice a year on special holidays we have family church we've chosen once a month the reason we chose once a month, we just didn't want tagging on to every service and, and it becomes a ritual. And I think, you know, once a year uh, is a little too long to be put in remembrance of what the Lord has done for us. In 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 25, it says this, For I received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the same night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this. So Jesus tells us to do this in what? In remembrance of me. Uh, or to remember what he has done for us. And verse 25, after the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye. And so it's a commandment. We are to do this. And notice, as oft as you drink. And he didn't tell us how often. He says, but when you do it, do this in remembrance of me. And so we're going to do this in remembrance of him. And if you're newer with us or visiting with us, this is how uh, we do it. We're going to have our servers come forward. And they're going to actually serve you right in the seats. And they're going to be passing out a little cup, a little piece of bread. As uh, the servers come by, just take a cup, take a piece of bread, and just hold on to it. And what do you do while uh, you're waiting for everyone else to be served? That's a good time just for your personal communion with the Lord and talk to Him and be grateful to Him. Then once everybody is served, we're going to partake together. 
Now, if you're here for some reason, you don't want to partake of communion, that's all right. No questions asked. Just nod your head as the service go by and we'll pass you. And uh, then we'll continue on the service after communion. So at this time, we're going to have our servers come forward. At this time, we invite you to take the bread. And Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body. So I invite you to take the bread. What I like to do is tear it and to crush it. That's representation of what Jesus did for us. His body was broken that ours might be whole. And let's eat.
Father, thank you so much for the broken body of Jesus. Because of his broken body, our body can be whole and strong and live long. And Father, we appropriate that promise. We put ourselves in remembrance of the wonderful and great covenant we have with you through the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This time we invite you to take the cup and let us drink. Father, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus whom this cup represents. His blood was shed that we might be redeemed for without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. And Father, thank you that we are eternally redeemed, protected, and blessed. We are forgiven. We walk in peace and fellowship with you through the precious shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We put ourselves in remembrance of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to invite you to pass your cups to the center aisle, and then our ushers will be by to pick them up. And as the ushers are going by and picking up the cups, if there's any kids, I know we have quite a few people on vacation, uh, but if there's any kids uh, going to Children's Church, you can go ahead and be dismissed at this time. If you're wondering where my wife is, my wife is visiting her folks in Tennessee, so she is out. Uh, and also uh, Pastor Scott and Pastor Katie, our associate pastors, uh, they're having a little vacation time and they'll be going to a conference. And so uh, we're here, praise the Lord, God's here. We have people joining us, uh, you know, visiting us, and, and people from all over the world. And it's just good to be in the presence of God and to, to come together and hear from heaven. All right, looks like the kids are dismissed. Looks like most of the cups have been received. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, and eventually we will uh, turn there. Last week, we began a very short series now, why do I say a very short series? Because my series used to go weeks and weeks and weeks. As I often joke, what I lack in depth, I go in length. And it's, I find it very hard to communicate a truth in just 40 minutes on a Sunday. And that's the beauty of pastoring. You can uh, go week after week and build and get a more of a full understanding of the truth. Um, and so last week we began a short series because I'm planning to actually finish it today because we have Reverend Randy Greer next week. I am so thrilled, so excited, and uh, if you've never heard him speak, uh, you are in for a treat, you are uh, in for a thrill. I went to school with him in Bible school, and we were friends, but I never knew his testimony. And uh, for those of you that know his testimony, it's an amazing thing. Uh, he had a life of crime. He was sentenced in federal prison three times, and three times Yes, I think it's a world's record. I don't know. Maybe someone has tied it, but a world record. He escaped from federal prison three times and was on his third escape that, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he gave his life to God. And now he's out throughout the whole world preaching the gospel, received the full pardon, a very dynamic preacher, um, you know, a dynamic ministry. And so, hey, come next week and, and also invite others. 
invite others to those meetings. You don't want to miss it. So that's next week. So we want to finish up this thought. And so we began a short series called the, what I call the Father's Care. The Father's Care. One of the greatest revelations that we can have is to know for sure, without question, how much God loves and God cares for each and every one of us. Um, Ephesians 2, 4, you don't need to turn there, but we have this on your overhead screen in the Amplified Bible. And it's so good, I just had to fit it in here. It says, but God, so rich is he in his mercy, because of, in order to satisfy the, the great, the wonderful, intense love which he loved us with. And I love that, that God loves us with great wonderful and intense love now in talking about the love of God and, and reading that you know uh, we can read that and our, our minds can go on tilt you know yeah you ask most Christians uh, does God love you yeah and they read this but the wonderful intense love I, I don't understand that how God can be so intently in love with me well that's because we cannot receive this truth merely with our minds. This is something past our minds, something greater in minds. Our minds cannot wrap itself around it, but really we need a revelation of this in our spirit. You know, and of course, our minds, our, our, our thinking processes, that's part of our soul, but it's in our spirit, the part that's born again. That's where we need this revelation. And once we receive this revelation, it will change our life. And we looked uh, last week at something Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians 3, verse 14. We're going to visit it again, do a quick review, because we have newer people with us. Then we'll build on the message. And the Apostle Paul prayed this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you or grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit, our spirit and our inward man, that Christ may dwell in your or our heart by faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is a breath, length, depth, and height. To know the love of Christ as passeth knowledge, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's God. Unto him, uh, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. There are so many wonderful goodies in this prayer. And we encouraged you last week, and I'm encouraging this week, pray this prayer for yourself. There's a companion prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Pray these prayers for yourself, fellow Christians, and if you have nothing better to pray for your pastor. They're so rich uh, of how to pray and how to pray effectively. And there's many things we can learn from this prayer, but we're drawing your attention to verse 19. And one of the things Paul prayed was that we would know the love of Christ, the love of God, the love of Jesus. And notice this, that passes understanding. What's that mean? It passes your mind. It passes a, a mere mentality grasp of it. So when he says to know it, that means in your heart that you would come to a revelation, a full understanding 
of the love of God or how much God loves you. And this also tells us that God's love is so great and so vast that our, our mind simply cannot understand it. I like when we read in uh, the Amplified Version, His wonderful, great, and intense love. And so here, God wants us to get a revelation of how wonderful and intense the love of God or love of Christ is to us. Now notice what will happen uh, when we get this revelation. And it's right in the same verse there. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge that. There's a reason why I want you to know the love of God. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. And that fullness of God may be a little blind to us. Uh, other translations uh, translate this way, the completeness of God. It, it denotes that uh, we would experience in our life uh, what God fully intended, that we would be full or complete of all God's blessings, His highest and best for our life. Now, how's that come? How do we enjoy the, the fullness and the complete blessing of God? It's only when we know the love of Christ. So right there, that gives us incentive. Hey, I, I, I want to enjoy every blessing and benefit. I want to enjoy the rich life that God provides for us. And here it says, the only way we can really tap into that is when we know by revelation how much God loves us. And uh, we quote the next verse. And sometimes what we like to do is take verses out of context and put them on our refrigerator and quote them. And it's good to do that, but it's important to read it in context. What is it talking about? And so once we get a revelation of the love of God or how much God loves us, um, we begin, our lives begin to be full and complete and we begin to experience all that God has for us. Now verse 20 comes into play. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to that power that works in us and so we all want to walk in Ephesians 3:20. well how do we get Ephesians 3:20? is when we know the love of Christ and so it's important for us to know and so the key to a lot of what we experience the key to our faith is knowing the love of Christ and again we're doing a little review and uh, then looking at these prayers that Paul prayed and praying for us that we would see the love of God, that we understand the love of God, we, we get a little indicator and we know that Paul had this revelation. And I drew your attention to how Paul prayed uh, in chapter 1 and chapter 3. And we begin to see uh, just a glimpse of how God loves us. In Ephesians 1.17, it says this, and again, this is, the other prayer, you don't need to turn there, we'll have it on the screen just for the sake of time. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of Him. So Paul is praying something. And, and notice this, how he prayed. And he made a reference to God, but who did he call God? The Father of glory. In chapter 3, we just read this in verse 14. And Paul said this, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. I want you to see that when, when Paul prayed, Paul did not pray to God. He did not address God and say, now God, I come to you, you know, for this. I come to you for that. Notice every time Paul prayed, he prayed to the Father. And that is a key understanding of the love of God that uh, many times we look to God as a creator and he is a creator and thank God he, he is a creator. He created heaven and earth. He created everything. But God wants to see that our approach, our, our relationship with God is not simply creator to creation. It is son or daughter to father. And so Paul understood that and he wanted the church to see this. And so he, he, he addresses God as father. And I like in verse 15 where it says the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And so not only is he the father, he is the father of the family. And uh, our, our relationship, our his care and his love is not just based on a creation, but a family thing, a relational thing. And I use this illustration, maybe a little crude. You know, you can have a, a uh, you may work for a, a multi-billion dollar corporation, and, and they'll pay you, and they got a good benefit package, and maybe have a good salary, as long as you work for the company and are in favor with the company. But if they have layoffs, you know, or, or something, uh, they'll say this, uh, nothing personal, just business, and they'll lay you off. And guess what? They're not going to pay you anymore. They're not going to take care of you anymore because your, your, their ability to take care of you is based on your performance as long as you work for the company. But if your father was the owner of that company, and if there had to be some layoffs, I mean, no, he is going to lay you off. That, that, your, that his care and his love and his ability to provide is not based on whether you work for the company or not. It is based that you are his child. And so you need to see that, that God loves you, that God cares for you because you are his child. And for those of you that are parents, you understand that I, I, there's a great revelation that comes to every parent when, when their children are born. When you, you hold that child, you, you, you realize that you will do anything for your child. You would give up your life for your child. And yes, and if you're a, a true parent, you'd go to hell for your child in order for your child to go to heaven. Just, that's how, how wonderful and the intense, the love of God is, that you would do that. You know, when I was younger, I couldn't understand that. Then when Paul said this, I wish myself accursed from Christ, that, that Israel would be saved. And I said, Paul, how can you say that? How would you go to hell for a nation? You know, because I didn't understand love. I didn't understand the, the extent love would go. And now, you know, as I've grown a little bit in the Lord, now I realize, yeah, yeah, I would, I would spend an eternity in the regions of the damned. 
and in torment as long as my children are blessed as long as they were taken care of it doesn't matter what happens to me and you need to understand that's how wonderful intense the love of God is the Bible says this in the book of Romans if God be for us who can be against us and it said this he that spared not the life of his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not also freely give us all things one of my favorite scriptures you know, have you ever meditated on it? you realize what that's saying? That here, we, we were lost, we were, were, were sinful, we were destined to hell, and here is Jesus, never done anything wrong, totally eternal with God, and God, God says to Jesus, i got to have them. I, I got to have them. i got to have my sons and daughters. i got to have them. And he goes to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to give you up in order to have them. You're going, to, you're going to have to go there. You're going to have to take their sin. You're going to have to go to hell in their place because I cannot do without them. Again, our minds go on tilt. And that's why Ephesians 2, 4 and Amplified. But God, so great and so wonderful in His tense love, when He loved us. And so God loves us and he wants us to get a revelation and especially the understanding that he is our father and we are his child. You know, Jesus tried to, to bring this revelation to humanity and the Jews crucified him for it. Over and over again, who, who are you to call God the father? They, they like God as being way distant out there and that he is our CEO and uh, as long as we're, we obey the law he blesses us then Jesus comes on the scene and he, he doesn't address God as God up there this is our father who art in heaven and we looked at something Matthew 6 let's visit that again it's it's really good Matthew 6 25 and 26 and again the words of Jesus Therefore, I say unto you, Jesus says unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gathered into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? And so Jesus in his teaching he tells us not to take thought. Now, again, we looked at this last week. It means anxious thought or worry thought. So, you know, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to wear? How, how, how am I going to be? Uh, where am I going to live? How am I going to be clothed? You know, our, our basic needs. He says, don't, don't worry about your needs. And he tells us why. He says, he tells us, Behold the fowls there, or go look at the birds. And a very amazing thing. He says, uh, they, they sow not, neither do they reap. And so birds are taken care of regardless if they plant seeds and harvest seeds. And, and really, there, there's a revelation. Jesus trying to say, you, you know, if you're a born-again child of God, God will take care of you if you tithe or not. I know that, that's crossing the green crosswise because we're so ingrained on our performance and he blesses us. No, don't get, mis get us wrong. If you tithe, there's, there's a blessing that you get that people that don't tithe will never get. 
If you give, it comes back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. There's a blessing in that. But you know, whether if you tithe or give, God will take care of you. Why? Because you're his child. And God is saying, look at the birds. They don't need a plant. They don't need to, bless God, I believe I receive, I believe I receive. No. Every day, your Father feedeth them. And uh, what, what is God saying? If, if God is the creator, take care of the birds. How much more will he take care of you? And notice he says, your father. Not the, the uh, birds cannot call God father. You know, they can call him creator. But we call him father. And what Jesus is saying, if, if birds who don't have a father is God, that God feeds them whether they, they do anything or not, are you not much better than they? Why? Because we're his children. And so there, there is a care and a love because he's our father. Now real quick, uh, just on the overhead screen, Matthew 10, 29. We looked at this, but it bears repeating. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. Again, another reference to birds. Now, why birds? Why didn't you say the antelope? Because, you know, we go outside, there ain't no antelopes. You know, why didn't you say fish? Well, unless you're on the lake and, and you, you catch something, you can't look at fish. But everywhere there's people, there's birds. That's why Jesus said, look at the birds. Now, notice what Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And so that... That's kind of foreign to us. That was just, if you're buying birds, that was the going rate for birds. And not one of them shall fall to the ground without your father. But the very head, hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, are you not more valuable than many sparrows? Remember Jesus said, look at the birds. I, Jesus, God's, God takes care of the birds. And this brings it a further revelation that God knows every bird. God knows what is going on in the life of every bird. And I looked at this. I googled it so it had to be true. Uh, Conservatively, there are at least minimum 50 billion birds. The, 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 The most conservative figure is 50 billion birds on the earth. And there's other scientists 10 years ago said, no, that, that is way too low. And, and other scientists said, no, there's got to be at least 200 to 400 billion birds. Put that in your pulpery pot and smell it. All right? And God says, because I'm the creator, I know. And let's just say there's 300 billion birds. I, let's just hit it in the middle. Say there's 300 billion birds. God says, I know what's going on in the life of every bird. If they're eating right now, if they're flying, if they look in the window and says, where's my bird seed? Come on, fill the bird feeder. God knows what is going on. That's, see, God as a creator has such love and care and he feeds 300 billion birds and knows what goes on in the life of 300 billion birds. 
But then he brings out the father aspect. Birds have God as creator. We have God as a father. And when it comes to us, not only does, you know, he knows what we're doing, our comings forth and our goings forth. He says this, but the very number of our heads are numbered. Of course, I make God's numbering very easy in my life. And again, I looked this up in Google. The average person has 100,000 hairs on their head. And every person on average loses 50 to 100 hairs a day. So it's like the stock market. Continually go up and down. And yet God knows right now. That's how involved. That's how close. That's how, how much He studies and loves you. He, he knows every single hair on your head. You know, last week I, I made a prophetic utterance. That remember, I, I talked about how many times, you know, when we were young, we had trading cards. And on the back, there were stats on the trading cards. And then I asked for someone famous, and someone said, Josh Allen. And I said, what if I was just walking and saw Josh, Josh Allen? You know, I'd get an autograph, and I went on. And guess what? Pastor Scott and the kids got to see Josh Allen in Disneyland. See, that's prophetic. So you need to come to church here. Who knows what I'm going to prophesy? But we get enamored with, with movie stars, enamored with sports figures, and we study their stats. God is so enamored with you, He knows the number of hairs on your head. Why? He is our Father. And so, again, we're seeing birds. God knows everything. God takes care of them as Creator but how much more you as a father. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He, he knows everything about you. Don't you sweat the small stuff. God will take care of you because he is your father. The father's care is greater than creator's care. That's what Jesus is saying. And so turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Let's look at some more things. Jesus never told us to pray to God. Now that sounds like heresy, doesn't it? But he studied out. Jesus never told us to pray to God. Jesus never say, you know, we don't say, Our God who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. No, our Father, hallowed be thy name. We study the sayings of Jesus, especially when it comes to prayer. He never referred or never told us to pray to God because then we have this distant God that I must work for in order to be taken care of. He said, no, you pray our Father who art in heaven. Now, Matthew 7 and verse 7. It says this, ask and shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. What man is there of you, if a son shall ask bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your God? No, 
your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them and ask him. Again, another beautiful example here. Jesus said when it comes to needing things and want to receive from God, all you need to do is ask. Ask, and it shall be given. Not maybe, not sometimes. No, it will be given. Seek, you're going to find. Knock, it will be opened to you. Not only that, he says in verse 8, for everyone that asketh receiveth. I mean, right there, you get that in the heart. Every time I ask, I receive. Every time I seek, I find. Every time I knock, it's opened unto me. And it says, this is available to everyone and anyone. And you know what is sad? That many people are developing faith in other people's prayers. They, they always go to other people to get them to pray for them. There's nothing wrong. The Bible says pray one for another. Especially if you're a baby Christian. Or if you're struggling and needs help. Absolutely ask people to pray. But our first line in prayer ought not to be to the pastor. Ought not to be to the prayer group. Our first, whenever we have a need, we, our first response ought to be, I'm going to ask. And I'm going to see. I'm going to seek. I'm going to find. I, I can get to God myself. Why? He's my father. You know, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but no parent gets the joy of when one of the kids asks another kid to ask their parent in their behalf. It almost irks you. And you know what? You have says, let them ask for themselves. And yet so many times we're asking other people to ask God for something. See, you don't realize he's your father. God is no respecter of persons. He'll, he'll answer your prayer like he'll answer Ken Fagan's prayer, Lester Sarmel, Smith Wigglesworth, that, your pastor's prayer. Everyone that asks, everyone that asks will receive. Everyone that seeks will find. Everyone will, will knocks, it shall be open. Now, how do we know that? How can we know this for sure? Jesus tells us why. And again, it comes to this revelation, a father. Not a God, a father. Verse 9. What man is there of you if his son, father, son, if he asks bread, will give him a stone? Or he, a son, asks his father for a fish, will his father give him a serpent? Absolutely not. Whenever it comes to receiving from God, Jesus says, look to God as a father and you a child. Don't look to God as creator and creation. Look to God as father and your son. And here, Jesus said, any decent parent. I know there's, there's some despots out there. There's some people that aren't worthy to be called the parent. But G Jesus said this, any decent parent will supply the needs of their child. Any decent parent will forgo things in their life in order to provide for their children. And then Jesus said this, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, you being evil. Now what do you, why would he call us evil? We have to understand the audience at that time weren't born again yet. 
that uh, they were still sinners and, and had the nature of Satan in them. And, but you, you understand this, that even a sinner can be a good parent. A sinner can, someone who's not born again, will provide for their children because that is right. And we're for go in order to, to have better things for their children. And God, God says, if you being evil, you, you don't even have the life and nature of God. You don't have my love in you. If you know how to do that, being natural or even being evil, how much what? More. See, God is better than any human parent is. God knows how to bless and provide more. How much more? And again, this, this is not a carrot being dangled in front of us. and Oh, let's be motivated. No, this is the words of God. You ask, you receive. You seek, you find. And if, if a natural parent will provide for her, their kids, I will do more. Better in quality, better in quantity. Why? Your father, which is in heaven... You know, I love I loved to bless my kids. I, I, I love to take care of them. I love to bless my kids. And I tell you when, you, when you have kids, it'll bring a greater revelation. Now, if you, you didn't have a, you know, I'm not basing on what your father did. I'm just basing if you, you're a parent. If you're half decent, if you're not deprived and depraved in your mind, you'll do anything for your kids. You, you, you want them to have the best. You, you want them to be better off. And, and understand that how much more? God's love is greater than your love for your kids. And see, sometimes our mind doesn't grasp that. And so what you need to do is get in your heart. How do you write in your heart? You say, God, God, you're my father. And I am your very own son. You know what I like to do sometimes when I pray? I say, Lord, I know that you can hear the prayers of 8 billion people at once. But when I pray, I have your undivided attention. Now, I say that for my sake. He, he knows that, but I say it for my sake. And I, I pray this, that you want to answer my prayer more than I want my prayers to be answered. That's how much you love and care for me. And you know what the devil's going to say? Well, well, you're not perfect. You missed church and you didn't read your Bible today. It's not based on performance. For the you that have parents, those of you parents, your kids, they have good days and bad days. Are some days your parents and some days you're not? Are some days you feed them, some days you don't? Some days you clothe them, some No, they're stuck with them, you're stuck with them. Yeah. Through the good and bad and ugly. And very often I'll say, God, I'm so glad I'm stuck with you. And I'll say this to them, Father, I'm so glad that my, your care for me is not based on my performance. Not based on what I do for you. It's based on what you've done for me through the Lord Jesus Christ. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Because we're so used, especially if you're Catholics. Man, you better cross T, dot your eyes, or God's going to smite you. Nothing can be further for the truth. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask Him? Jesus never told us to pray to God. He didn't want us to come to God as a creation. He wanted to come to God as a father. Now, if this don't excite you, 
then turn with me to John 16, 23. John 16, 23. Again, the words of Jesus. And this is probably, without a doubt, one of my favorite receiving from God's scriptures. In John 16, 23. It says this, And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I sing to you, whatsoever shall ask who? God? No, the Father. Again, Jesus never told us to pray to God. I mean, you could put that out there. People say you're, you're, you're full of heresy. No, he never did tell us to pray to God. He said pray to your Father, which is um, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, real quick, in that day, what is he talking about? Well, that's talking about our day. See, Jesus didn't die for the sins of the world. He didn't shed his blood on the Holy Holy. He didn't. Redemption was not accomplished when Jesus said this. So Jesus is talking after Easter, after my resurrection, and that day, what? You shall ask me nothing. That means you don't pray to me. You don't pray to Jesus. It's unscriptural to pray to Jesus. And also the disciples, if they had to get anything from God, they had to to go to Jesus. And so Jesus is trying to stop this going to someone else to get your blessing. And that day, you ask me nothing. Then he says, verily, verily. Now, in the Greek, the New Testament was written in Greek. If you looked in the Greek text, the word verily is amen. And so here it says, amen, amen, I say unto you. The word amen is an amazing word. We use it when someone prays and we say, what? Amen. What does amen mean? So be it. But the word amen is used two ways. It is used by men, mean human beings, Christians. And whenever we use the word amen, it's after the prayer or after a proclamation means, so be it, we agree with that. But the word amen is also used by God. And whenever God uses the word amen, he doesn't use it at the end of a prayer or proclamation. He uses it in the beginning of a prayer or proclamation. And it brings on a deeper and a different meaning. And so when it's at the beginning of a proclamation, it means this. It is this way and no other way. It isn't a so be it, we want it to be. And when God says amen, it means it is this way and no other way. The God's word translation, and I like that, it brings out this translation of the word verily means guarantee. And so when, when, God, when Jesus says verily, verily, he says I guarantee. And in the God's word translation, I guarantee this truth or I guarantee what I'm about to say. What is Jesus putting a guarantee on? That whatsoever you shall ask the Father. And again, over and over again, the Father. I never saw that before. That Jesus never told us to pray to God. And a lot of people pray to God. Well, that means they don't know the Father yet. And that's why they don't receive it, they should. Because they're trying to do it based on a creator or their performance God, no, he, he, he's my father. He's my father. And the father will take good care of you. What do you ever ask the father in my name? He will give it to you. Why? He's your father. You're his child. 
Now gets us to verse 24. Hitherto, or up to now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and what? You shall receive. Why? That your joy may be full. Woo! You parents know this. If, you're, you're half, if you have any weight as a parent, if you, you, you have any goodness in you, as a parent, when you do something for your child and they get happy about it, it thrills you. You know, when kids, oh, I'm excited, I'm excited. I mean, it, it was great and wonderful when kids are small because gummy worms would do it. And now it's dresses and purses and vacations and ooh. But still, I, I love the surprise. I love the surprise of my wife. I love the surprise of my kids. You know, save up. You know, I forgo getting stuff in order to give them something. And they get really excited. Oh, I love it, I love it. Their joy brings me joy. And so what God is saying, make them happy. Ask that you may receive. You have not because you ask not. Yeah. And why does he want to, to, to give? He wants your joy to be full. He wants you to be happy and joyful. So just about every day, I look into heaven. I said today, I said this morning, because I have faith projects, things I'm believing for. And I, I look up to heaven and say, Father, thank you so much for making my joy full. God wants your joy to be full. How, how here it tells us is when you, when you get a revelation, God is your Father. There's a movie, I don't recommend you see it, but maybe you've heard about The Untouchables. It's a gangster movie. It's from New York, you know. Now, regardless of what the movie's about, I like the name Untouchables. The Bible says, of God before us, who can be against us? He that spared not the life of his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also freely give us all things? When you get to understand that God is your father and he's intensely in love with you, it changes your life. And you understand anything that comes your way, you know, when, when you don't know God, you're troubled by your circumstance. When you don't know how God loves you and, and oh, I've got to somehow get God to do something. When we know that God is your father, the hairs of your head are numbered, no matter what comes, you become untouchable. He that touches you touches the apple of God's eye, desire of his affection. Faith is made simple with the revelation of a father. Very simple. Even nature teaches you this. We had... Last year, and we have bears in our property. Last year, we had five bears in our yard. I loved it. Of course, it was a mama and four baby cubs. Yeah, but still, I'm not lying. Five bears. 
One time, sit in my yard. Got pictures of them. All right. Normally, a black bear is very skittish. Anywhere, it doesn't want to be around with you. The only time it really tackled, number one, if it's rabid or put in the corner, but you don't go near a bear with babies. It's a rule of thumb. You, you just don't. I don't care if they're cute and you just want to pet them. I don't care if you want to feed them. You don't go near them. Because mama, you know, there's a natural fear of man that God put into a bear. But if their child is in danger, it will overcome that fear and try to kill you. It will attack you because of the cry of their child. And after these bears were, were in my yard, and they hung around for a while. And uh, finally I had to get Lysol because they were, I went through $200 of bird feeders because they destroyed everything. I kind of liked it and then finally get the Lysol because they don't like the smell of that. Got them out. But I go in the woods. Of course, now I pack. I go in the woods, and I happen to walk up with one of the babies. And the baby starts crying. I mean, it was, it was piercing. And I know better to run, but I went like this. And of course, I'm back. I, I'm leaving. It's my woods. I'm leaving. Mama, I'm leaving because Mama Bear will attack me. For one of her babies. If you then being evil. If a bear. That has no spirit. That has not the love of God. Will override basic instincts. To protect. And care for her child. How much more will your heavenly father. Do so for you. Ask. And you shall receive. Why? That your joy may be full. To know the love of Christ's past knowledge. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. Your goodness and mercy. And Father, as Paul prayed. That we would know the love of Christ. Father, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice. I pray for myself as well, that we would all understand the wonderful, great, intense love that you love us with. And Lord, if you be for us, who can be against us? That yet when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were enemies of God, that you loved us so much. That you're willing to forsake Jesus in order to receive us. Lord, we can't grasp that in our mind. But Father, we thank you and we believe you for revelation of that in our hearts. Now Father, I pray if there's a man, woman, boy or girl here or watching on live stream. Whether it's today or media archives that number one does not love does not know you, is not born again, or is backslidden. Father, I pray that you would shed their spirit with light to know their need of a Savior, their need of, of repentance. And Father, that none under the sound of my voice would miss heaven and go to hell. In Jesus' name. So with heads 
bowed and eyes closed. I prayed a prayer. Maybe I was praying for you. First of all, I want to, I want to pray for those that you've never been born again. Maybe you're watching. Maybe you never heard the term born again. What's so important about being born again? Jesus said, unless you're born again, you'll not get into heaven. Jesus is supposed to say that. Why? The Bible is very clear that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What's that mean? If you sin once, that sin will keep you out of heaven. I mean, you can go to church every day, keep the Ten Commandments. You can be a good moral person. But if you sin once in life, that sin will keep you out of heaven. And there's no natural remedy for sin. And that's why we need a Savior. Only the blood of God could save us from our sins. And to wipe away our sins. Not only to have our sins wiped away, but when we accept Jesus, God takes out the sinful nature of our spirits and puts His love nature, His goodness nature on the inside. Just as we're born of our parents and a natural birth is a real thing, a spiritual birth is a real thing. And when you're born again, you know it. If you don't know, if you're born again, you're not born again because it's a real thing. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if anybody here, you've never been born again. Would you raise your hand? Anybody here? Not been born again. Again, we're not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God. We're family here. Once you raise your hand, just want to see who I'm praying for. Then you can put it down. Anybody here not been born again? I see your hand. God bless you. You can put it down. Again, we're not going to embarrass anybody. We love you. God loves you. I see that hand. God bless you. You can put it down. And for those of you in live stream, I can't see your hand. Go ahead and raise it. I may not be able to see it, but God sees everything. Raise your hand. Because it's when you respond to God that God can do mighty and wonderful things in your life. We had a couple of uh, raise their hand for being born again. But I want one more invitation. Maybe you're hearing you have been born again. You know that when you, you asked Jesus, your heart of change came into you. But right now, you're what we call backslidden, or the Bible calls a prodigal son or daughter. Which simply means this, as a prodigal son in the Bible left father's house and begin to live a way that is not in line with father's house that you've you've left fellowship with God you may be into some things that you shouldn't be or you just got hurt sidetracked doesn't matter what caused you to break communion with God the most important thing is be like that prodigal child in the Bible to come back home and maybe you're here here this morning or watching on live stream and you're a prodigal son, you're a prodigal daughter, that you're born again, but man, I need to rededicate my life to him. And if that's you, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. Anybody here? And again, we're not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God. Now, if you're watching online, go ahead and raise your hand. I can't see your hand, but God can. We had some hands raised here. We have people all over the world responding to this and it's important that that your needs are met and Jesus told us how to get our needs met that we pray to God the Father which is in heaven so right now with these that raise their hand here in this service and and those that are watching line we're going to all pray every single one of us is going to pray this prayer with those that raise their hand that way they don't think they're alone and for those of you that raised your hand or should have raised your hand just let your heart agree with this and I tell you, your life is going to be changed in a wonderful, wonderful way. And so let's all pray this prayer with those that raise their hand. Let's pray this. Dear God, I come to you 
in the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again from the dead so I could be saved. This day, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child, and my life will never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we want to congratulate those of you that uh, prayed this with us. Know that your life has been changed. The life and nature of God has come on the inside of you. Your past sins have been washed away. There's joy in heaven. Uh, angels are rejoicing. God is rejoicing because you respond to His love. And I tell you, this is just the beginning. God has so many wonderful things. He's got a plan for your life. And part of God's plan is a local church. Hey, it was a place like this that you responded to God's love. And uh, it's a place like this that we learn and grow together and learn more about God. So we want to encourage you, if you don't have a church home, this is it. If you're watching live stream, it's great to be on live stream, but there's no place like being here. We encourage you. And if you're kind of out of, out of the way, find a good Bible-believing church and become committed and faithful there. And so those of you raise your hand, we, we love you. We're thrilled for you. We're praying for you. And I tell you, God has a great plan for you your life amen i'm thrilled amen god is a good god hey what we're going to do here is um we're going to close the service but we always like to close it in praise and worship and uh, as we're praising and worshiping if you're here and you you have a need you want me to pray with you or agree with you with something in prayer i'll be available just come on up uh why we're in our closing worship song and then after the worship song i'll dismiss and we have fellowship downstairs and especially our visiting friends we love for you to join us and for those online you can't come to fellowship we can't serve food over live streams see there's a, there's another benefit why you need to come in person go ahead worship team